Hello again, EB Online Church family. Surprise! We had not planned to be exclusively online this week and next, but out of concern for one another's good health and our desire to be thoughtful neighbors to our Chattanooga community, well, we've paused our in-person gatherings for just the time being. Now, thankfully, we have the benefits of technology, so even though we are not together in person, well, we can still enjoy a virtual connection. So wherever you may be, Thanks for making us part of your day. Now I have to ask, did you receive any surprises this Christmas? Anything end up under your tree that you were not expecting? Now if not, well look, don't give up hope. We've said all through this series that the thing that will impact your life the most was the very thing that you never see coming. Now we often think about this in a negative perspective, that our lives are being upended, but what if the event that changes your life the most is not a negative, but, but what if it's a positive? What if the surprise is actually a good one? What if God changes your life, not by allowing something to fall apart, but by showing you something that you have been missing? It happened in the most famous Christmas story of all, and I believe that it can happen to your story as well. Did you know that when Matthew wrote about the wise men, well, he gave more to their story, more square inches of text than he gave to the entire narrative of the birth of Jesus. He never mentions the shepherds. He doesn't talk about the manger, but he did not want us to miss the star and the seekers. I think it's easy to see why. Their story, well, it's our story. We're all travelers. We're all sojourners. In order to find Jesus, all of us, each of us, we all need direction. And God gives it. The story of the wise men, well, it shows us how. Look with me in Matthew chapter 2. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About the same time, wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Hey, speaking of star, did, did you see the Christmas star this past week? On Monday night, the planets of Jupiter and Saturn performed an astronomical conjunction. For the first time since 1226, the planetary bodies, they, these two lined up in such a way that they were visible in the night sky, appearing to the naked eye to be one single source of light. Thousands of sky watchers enjoyed a sight that no one had seen for over 800 years. As my family stood in the front yard looking up at the sky, I couldn't help but be reminded of how God uses the natural world to get our attention. The earth, the stars, I think they formed the first missionary society. We're told in Psalms that the heavens declare the glory of God. Paul wrote in Romans that for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. See, God led the wise men to Jerusalem with a star. But to lead them to Jesus, well, he used something else. You keep reading in Matthew and you find that King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard all of this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. You see, the star was enough to lead the Magi to Jerusalem. 
but it took the scripture to lead them to Jesus. Now today, people see signs of God everywhere. Sunsets that steal the breath, newborns that bring tears, migrating geese that stir a smile. But do all of these signs draw people near to God? Not all the time. Many are content simply to just see the signs. They do not realize that the riches of God are intended to turn us toward Him. Again, Paul told the Romans, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? The wise men, well, they understood the purpose of the sign. They followed it to Jerusalem where they heard about the Scripture. The prophecy told them where to find Christ. Now, it's interesting to note that the star reappeared after they learned about the prophecy. The star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. You know, it's as if the sign and the word, well, they were working together to bring the wise men to Jesus. The ultimate aim of all of God's messages, both miraculous and written, was to shed the light of heaven on Jesus. God wants us to see his son. So the wise men entered the house and they saw the child with his mother. And they bowed down and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure chest and they gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They were the first Christian worshipers. The simple dwelling place became a cathedral of praise. Seekers of Christ found him and they knelt there in his presence. They gave him gifts, gold for a king, frankincense for a priest, and myrrh for his burial. They found the Christ because they heeded the sign and because they believed the scripture. And because they did these things, we call them wise, don't we? You see, their hearts were open to God's gift. And the men were never the same again. After worshiping the Christ child, we're told that they departed for their own country by another way. Now, Matthew uses the word way in other places to suggest a direction of life. He speaks of the narrow way in chapter 7 and the way of the righteousness in chapter 21. He may be telling us that these wise men, well, they went home a different direction and they went home different men. They were called by a sign. They were instructed by Scripture and directed home by God. It's as if all the forces of heaven cooperated to guide the wise men. And you know, I think it would be wise for us to recognize that God uses every possible means to communicate. The wonders of nature still call to us. The promises and prophecies of Scripture they still speak to us. And God himself continues to reach out to us because he wants us to find our way home. In the story of the miracle worker, we're told about two, two females with great resolve, Helen Keller and Annie Sullivan. Helen was born in 1880, and she wasn't yet two when she contracted an illness that left her blind and, and deaf and basically mute. When Helen was seven years old, Annie, a young, partially blind teacher, came to the Keller's Alabama home to serve as Helen's teacher. Now, Helen's brother James tried to convince Annie to quit, but the teacher wouldn't consider it. She was resolved to help Helen function in a world of sight and sound. Helen was as stubborn, though, as her teacher. Locked in a frightening, lonely world, she misinterpreted Annie's attempts. And the result was a, a battle of wills. Over and over, Annie would press sign language into Helen's palm, and Helen would pull back. Annie would persist, and Helen would resist. Finally, in a moment of high drama, there was a breakthrough. During a fevered exchange near a water pump, 
and he placed one of Helen's hands under the spout of flowing water. Now into the other hand, she spelled out W-A-T-E-R over and over again, water, water, water. And Helen would pull back and Annie would keep signing W-A-T-E-R. All of a sudden, Helen stops. She placed her hand on her teacher's and she repeated the letters, W-A-T-E-R. Annie beamed. She lifted Helen's hand onto her cheek and she nodded vigorously. Yes, 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 water. Helen spelled it again. And then, then Helen was being pulled all around the yard by Annie and they were spelling out words, ground and porch and pump. And it was a beautiful victory parade. And you know what? I think Christmas celebrates a similar moment for all of us. God breaks through into our world in a feeding stall of all places. He will not leave us in the dark. He is the pursuer. He is the teacher. He won't set back while we miss out. So he entered our world and he sends signals and messages, hope, life, joy. He cracks the shell of our world and invites us to peek into his. And you know, ever so often, a seeking soul will look up. Maybe you're one of them. Perhaps God has been using the events surrounding Christmas 2020 to get your attention. If so, be faithful to his signs. Let them lead you to scripture. And then as scripture directs, be humble. Let it lead you to worship. And as you worship the Son, be grateful because He is going to lead you home. You see, Jesus is the one thing that will impact your life the most. Matthew said that when they saw the star, that the wise men were filled with joy. Now, literally, he wrote that they rejoiced with joy to the max. He used a word that meant going all out, wide open, with total effort, like doing something with a vengeance. Matthew wants us to know that these guys were fired up. Seeing the star meant that they were going to see Jesus. You see, Christmas is a special reminder that we are to be people of wide open joy. Because like those wise seekers centuries ago, we can and we will see Jesus. I pray that we will all continue to be surprised by Christmas.